No playing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to D20 Dudes, a tabletop role-playing podcast where the die decides our topic. I am Dylan. A little bit of something goopy stuck in my throat. Elephant in the room first. Uh, it's been a hot minute since an episode has come out. Might be. Uh, we've had some scheduling issues here and there. Um, you know, just co-hosts not being able to make it, so we decided, you know, we'll wait till this day, but then something comes up, or we'll wait till this day and something comes up. And that uh, pushed things back for a few weeks until I went on vacation to Oklahoma. And uh, you know, eight days, I didn't even have my computer, because I was in Oklahoma, doing medieval fair things, running around as a mildly dangerous peasant, wearing one piece of armor and a tunic and a bottle on my hip, and saying things like knave and forthwith. That was a fun time. I got sunburned. Also, driving for 12 hours, not my favorite activity. Did listen to a lot of the Adventure Zone, so that was cool. Anyways, second elephant in the room. Uh, This episode was actually going to come out a little bit earlier than it is. Uh, and Molly was going to be in this one as well. I was making a Tesseract joke in re- reference to her being Molly squared or Molly cubed. Uh, sad that that didn't get to stay in. But uh, last minute, uh, there was some kind of issue with her audio, um, and we ended up losing it. So I don't have that recording, or that one would have been out by now. Uh, oops, are bad. Um, not really sure what happened, but hopefully it won't be an issue again in the future. Because Molly's delightful to have on as a co-host. But for now, I will talk to you today about the spider. The playbook in Blades in the Dark. <clears throat> the underworld may appear on the surface to be a chaotic array of warring factions and bloody deeds, but it has a beautiful order to those who are able to see it. This pattern is the web of connections, favors, vendettas, and secrets that bind the criminal world together. The scoundrels who pluck the strands of this web are known as spiders. When you play a spider, you earn XP when you address a challenge with calculation or conspiracy. Reach out to your contacts, friends, and associates to set up your crew for success. Use your downtime activities and flashbacks wisely to prepare for trouble and make it double, and to calculate the angles of success. When things go wrong, don't panic, and remember, you planned for this. The starting dots the spider has are one dot in study and two in consort, making them a slightly learned individual who is very good at engaging with his peers and his marks. Some starting builds for the spider are the Arbiter, taking two points in a tune, one in study and one in, sw- one in sway, rather, and taking the ghost contract ability. When you shake on a deal or draft one in writing, you and your partner, human or otherwise, both bear a mark on, of your oath. If either breaks the contract, they take the level three harm cursed. This is like, this one got me the first time because it's like, what, what do you do? How you you just got ghost powers? You can just ghost curse somebody because they double-crossed you in the game of Pokemon cards you were playing? That seems wildly strange to be able to grant something a level 3 harm because they broke a deal. Because level 3 harm, that's pretty up there. You take a level 3 harm and um, 
you, you're 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 pretty close on the track to death, to death world, going to dead world there. So this one seems like they're they're trying to pull the strings of uh, the ghost world. They're trying to reach into what is it called the um. Well, there, there, there's like a ghost, the ghost field, that's what it is. They're trying to reach into the ghost field and manipulate spirits to be their puppets rather than living mortal men, which is an interesting way to go about these things. Like, being able to manipulate spirits means you can have eyes in very, very private places. The second one is called the conductor, with t taking two dots in command and two in survey with the ability foresight. Two times per score, you can assist a teammate without paying stress. Describe how you prepared for this. That's big. I mean, twice per score, like, assisting a teammate is one of the biggest things you can do in order to help guarantee the success of the score as a whole, and being able to do that without accruing stress, big deal, because it also means you're going to be able to stay in the game for so much longer. The conductor definitely seems like a person who is sitting at the head of things. They really want to gain the upper hand by finding out information and convincing other people to act on the information for them rather than doing the hard work, which really is what the spider is all about in it. The third is called the convict, taking one point in command, two in skirmish, and one in sway, and the ability jailbird. Now, this one was actually my favorite whenever we recorded this last time. Jailbird, when incarcerated, your wanted level counts as one less and your tier as one more, and you gain plus one faction status with the faction that you help while you're inside, in addition to whatever you get from the incarceration roll. Lowering your wanted level, increasing your status, and increasing your tier, meaning you get sent to jail, not as a scapegoat for the rest of the, for the, rest of the group, because most of the time somebody just gets tossed in as a means of, hey, we need to reduce our heat. We need to reduce our wanted level. So we're going to go let old Jimbo there take a take one for the team so the rest of us get to continue operating. Now, if you are the convict and you are this spider, you're going in to get shit done. And I think that's really cool to be able to be very active in taking territory inside the prison, uh, in gaining status with factions while inside the prison, that's cool. That means, like, it doesn't matter if you're the one thrown in jail, you are still making sure things are getting done. And in fact, you may elect to get thrown in prison because it's just going to be nothing but beneficial to the group at that point. The last one is known as the Operator, taking two dots in Prowl and two dots in Tinker using the ability Mastermind. You may expend your special armor to protect a teammate or to push yourself when you gather information or work on a long-term project. This one, okay, it seems like they're meant to be kind of, uh, I believe me and Molly agreed that you're kind of the Q of the group uh, with Tinker and stuff. You're, you're kind of meant to always have a gadget for every occasion. You've got, you've got something up your sleeve, no matter what it is, no matter what difficulty you may encounter, you've got that little pen laser light for the job, which is a cool one. Uh, not my favorite, but it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, your friend and rival choices are Salia, an information broker, perhaps a reliable contact for underworld jobs, or perhaps a former partner who sold you out. August, a master architect, 
perhaps a good source for building schematics and historical details, or perhaps a rival who designs security measures. Jenna, a servant, perhaps a good source for gossip in the young among the upper class. Riven, a chemist, perhaps a good source of medicines for recovery. Or Jaren, a blue-coat archivist, perhaps a double agent within the city watch, or perhaps an overly curious officer interested in your crimes. This was also a notable list is because... I believe the other classes we've covered so far, like almost all of them have had like Basil Baz as one of their uh, potential friends and rivals. It's like this is one of the few people who doesn't have the leader of one of the largest gangs in the city already potentially under their thumb. Like sure, having Basil Baz as a friend doesn't mean he's going to bend over backwards and give you all kinds of uh, money and cool gadgets and trinkets and stuff, but being able to suck up to the Lamp Blacks one of the biggest gangs in Duskwall is kind of a big step forward for any group already. That means you've already got an in with a large and powerful group. So I find it interesting that the, the spider, somebody who plans and has contingencies, doesn't have him as an option. That one was just interesting to me. So to go over their special abilities... Foresight, two times per score. You can assist a teammate without paying stress. Describe how you prepared for this. You can narrate an event in the past that helps your teammate now, or you might explain how you expected this situation and planned a helpful contingency that you reveal now. This one, the way that they play that out kind of almost makes it seem like you're doing a little mini flashback, which I think is a really cool idea. Calculating. Due to your careful planning during downtime, you may give yourself or another crew member plus one downtime activity. If you get... If you forget to use this ability during downtime, you can still activate it during the score and flash back to the previous downtime when the extra activity happened. That's big. That's big because it means, oh man, um, I can take an extra downtime activity without paying money and gain an extra chance to heal or reduce some extra stress. That's big because normally taking extra downtime activities does require coin. Being able to just give someone an extra free one, especially since you can do it as a flashback during a score means like, dang, if you have a whole big bunch of wounded teammates and you don't know which one you want to give the extra downtime activity to, well, the one that's getting his butt punched right in could be the one that you give it to right at that pivotal, mo pivotal moment. And oh man, it all turns out he was only faking being injured up until that point. And that, that is big. I like that one a lot. Connected. During downtime, you get plus one result level when you acquire an asset or reduce heat. Your array of underworld connections can be leveraged to loan assets, pressure a vendor to give you a better deal, or intimidate witnesses, or etc. Ah, pretty good. Uh, being able to reduce some extra heat or acquire extra assets, that's pretty nice, especially if you've got like a big asset you're trying to get for a special score or something. This one can be useful, but I don't see it being especially necessary. Like th This one's going to be kind of um, case by case. Functioning Vice. When you indulge your vice, you may adjust the dice outcome by one or two, up or down. An ally who joins you may do the same. If you indulge your vice and roll to four, you can increase the result to five or six. Or you could reduce the result to three or two, perhaps to avoid overindulgence. Allies that join you don't need to have the same vice as you, just one that could be indulged alongside yours somehow. This is big, because that's going to be huge in making sure that your team is never too stressed to be able to continue functioning. There are times, uh, and whenever I start games of Blades in the Dark, I, I generally 
advise players to have more than one character ready because I tend to play in smaller groups whenever we're doing things that aren't like our big games like Pathfinder or something. Um, and it means that if we're going to be running Blades in the Dark and somebody has too much stress and they either, you know, overindulge or they um, have too much stress and feel like that character can't contribute to a, um, a score that's coming up, it usually means they'll have to have an extra character on standby to take that character's place, their original character's place, so that they can just take extra downtime actions after another score and try and reduce that stress or reduce their injuries or whatever. Being able to keep your stress lower or prevent yourself from overindulging to keep your crew from overstressing or overindulging, that one's big. This one's huge. That one's going to be useful no matter what your crew type is, no matter what scores you're going after. Functioning Vice is one of the coolest abilities in this game, in my opinion, because it just means your favorite character gets to stay in the action longer. Especially since you can take someone else along with you and make sure that their results aren't terrible either. Like you're, you're really just you're being a bro and you're hanging out and you're, I don't know, smoking a marijuana cigarette with one of your buds. Ghost contract. When you shake on a deal or draft one in writing, you and your partner, human or otherwise, both bear a mark of your oath. If either breaks the contract, they take level three harm cursed. The mark of the oath is obvious to anyone who sees it. Perhaps a magical rune appears on the skin. When you suffer cursed harm, you're incapacitated by withering enfeebled muscles, hair falling out, bleeding from the eyes and ears, etc., until you either fulfill the deal or discover a way to heal the curse. I still don't understand how they can just do that. Like, you're a spider, but you've got the magical wizard curse. You sign my contract or I'll, I'll make your heart beat weird and your fingers will be tingly and you'll be upset for the remainder of the evening until you fulfill my goal of trading me that shiny Charizard card for this piplup I have. <laughs> That's just bizarre that they can just do that. Jailbird, when incarcerated, your wanted level counts as one less, your tier is one more, and you gain plus one faction status with a faction that you help while you're inside, in addition to whatever you get from the incarceration roll. Zero is the minimum wanted level. This ability can't make your wanted level negative. Uh, for extra rules on that, see incarceration on page 148. So incarceration is something I'll probably bring up in more detail in a later episode, but for now, know that that's actually pretty dope if you have a character you kind of want to be the guy you send to prison and make things happen with. Mastermind, you may expend your special armor to protect a teammate or to push yourself when you gather information or work on a long-term project. When you use this ability, tick the special armor box on your playbook sheet. If you protect a teammate, this ability negates or reduces the severity of a consequence or harm that your teammate is facing. If you don't have, or sorry, you don't have to be present to use this ability. Say how you prepared for this situation in the past. If you use this ability to push yourself, you gain one of the benefits, plus one die, plus one effect, act despite severe harm, but you don't take two stress. Your special armor is restored at the beginning of downtime. Not having to be present makes that really good. It can just be, hey, um, my guy's out doing recon, needs to get into this building, um, but oof, oof, suffered a complication when breaking in the window. Mm, no, I don't. I gave him that special, super special, glass-cutting tool and either reduce or negate that consequence. That's cool that you don't have to be there, and that makes it way better than it would be otherwise. Weaving the web. Gain plus one die to consort when you gather information on targets for a score. Get plus one die to the engagement roll for that operation. 
Your network of underworld connections can always be leveraged to gain insight for a job, even when your contacts aren't aware that they're helping you. Extra die to the engagement roll is always dope because that gives you so much higher of a chance of being able to put yourself on controlled footing and getting better results and being in better circumstances whenever the, the score starts. That's always big. I think that one's great. That's just an all-around thing to potentially have. And remember, you can buy more of these special abilities as you gain experience. Um, so being able to pull more of these things in over time, great. Some of these would function very, very well together, like calculating and functioning vice, being able to give yourself or another friend a downtime activity, using that to indulge in your vice. That would be amazing. That'd be great. That would be such a cool ability combination that, like, goodness. Spider's unique items are a fine cover identity, paperwork, planted stories and rumors, and false relationships sufficient to pass as a different person. Take zero load. You've got your special mask you put on. Fine bottle of whiskey, a rare distillation from your personal collection, potent both in its alcohol and its ability to impress, is one load. My favorite is Blade and Bow. That's a bourbon whiskey, but that's still a kind of whiskey. Blueprints, a folio of useful architectural drawings and city plans. Feel free to specify which plans you're carrying when you choose this item, one load. And remember, you choose your items at the beginning of every score. So that can mean you have different blueprints for every score. Vial of Slumber Essence, a dose of slumber essence sufficient enough to put someone to sleep for an hour. The victim's sleep is not supernatural, but it is deep. They can be aroused with some effort, zero load. Concealed Palm Pistol, a small firearm with a weak charge, easily concealed in a sleeve or a waistcoat. This pistol has extremely limited range, only a few feet. It is very difficult to detect on your person, even if you're searched. Also zero load, and that's pretty good, always having a weapon, always having a gun, always carrying that thing, you know I'm strapped. It's kind of like the Assassin's Creed hidden pistol, that one's pretty fun. So the spider, I do think, is an incredibly interesting playbook but I don't think it would personally be my playbook. Whereas there's somebody, they're, they're a very intellectual kind of class, even in the abilities, whereas Blades in the Dark does make the flashbacks a thing, and these abilities are giving you kind of like, oh, well, I planned ahead and did all this stuff. Um, so you're not necessarily actually doing a whole lot of planning ahead. It does require a lot more forethought into kind of what your stories and what your narrative are going to be which is not really where I'm at with my, I'm literally just going to throw whatever I can think of out there in the moment kind of style of gameplay. Uh, but I do think it would be very fun to play in a game with a spider. So I would love to, I would love to be in a group with a spider, but I don't think the spider itself would be my personal class. That aside, socials, facebook.com slash d20dudes if you want to find us on Facebook. Twitter.com slash D20Dudes or at D20Dudes on Twitter. If you would like to hit us up there, send us some messages, make fun of us, or ask us questions, suggest new episodes. If you want to do any of those things and get a faster reply, a Discord link is down in the description, open to everybody. Feel free to come on in and chat with all of us. Every single person you've ever heard on this podcast is in that Discord, and you can give, well, except for Caleb, but you can uh, chat with everyone except for Caleb. <laughs> in that discord uh, and we will roll that d20 and see what next week's episode is going to be 17 tenra bancho zero Ooh, moving back to tenra we're going to talk about the arts of war which are a list of extensive 
and unique abilities, some of them being, um, you know, certain special schools uh, or techniques that groups of people are know, known for, and some of them are incredibly unique in that if you use it, you're probably the only person in the land of Tenra who knows how to use it in that moment. So those things are incredibly cool. We'll go over a few of those and kind of how they work. Uh, and that's what that'll be next week. So thanks you everyone for listening. Sorry again that everything is so late. Um, we'll try and figure out what happened with the audio issue last time. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But thank you everyone for your patience. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye bye.